Welcome to episode 14 of the Wedding Wisdom Podcast with Doug Winters. I'm Doug. And today I got the unique opportunity of sitting down with uh, one of New York's preeminent florists or event designers, Priscilla Schaefer, whose company Glory Mundi has become synonymous with some of the most spectacular floral arrangements. And not only flowers, she works with things that you'd never think about, like branches or greens, all of which we go to in great detail. And as my stated goal has always been to sit down with the serious movers and shakers in the wedding industry so you can learn from them precisely what it is that they do, the party planners, the photographers, the, the, the florists, which brings me to this fabulous greenhouse in South Salem. About 40 minutes into the 43-minute conversation, it suddenly occurs to me that she's a dead ringer for Jamie Lee Curtis, who some of you <laughs> younger people won't know, but check out A Fish Called Wanda or uh, Trading Places, and you'll certainly see that it was meant as a compliment. So here's Priscilla. And the name of the company is Glory Mundi. Right. Which means? Beautiful world. Beautiful world. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a glorious word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so much nicer. It also was the name of a specific spray rose, which is no longer in production, but we took the name from a spray rose and we also, you know, it, 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 it's a beautiful sounding word. It is. Yeah. Tell me, all right. What's, I'm going to interrupt you a lot. What's, okay. a, what's a spray rose? A spray rose is a rose that has multiple heads on it. So that unlike a regular rose, which has one, a spray rose has upwards of, you know, anywhere from five to eight heads that open not always simultaneously, but different degrees of openness. So you'll have one fully open and maybe the lower ones will be just buds. Oh, okay. Yeah. So let, let's talk in the, in the broadest yeah. of terms. Um, the, the, the thing is that for a florist, you can either, it kind of goes into two different directions. There's the one where a florist provides like, bouquets and centerpieces and maybe some candles for the table, which is essentially kind of a drop-off. Or then you have the other one, which is where the florist is really creating an atmosphere throughout the rooms, from the ceremony, through the cocktails, through the dinner dance portion of it. And that's a more um, thorough feeling kind of um, experience for the bride and the guests. Is that the difference between plain flowers and decor? Yeah. Um, it, one is just essentially a drop-off where you provide oh, them. Oh, I see, literally you, a drop-off and you, yes, your team will... Just a delivery. It comes. There might be someone to help organize it onto the tables, but it's it's it's... It's a very straightforward um, provision of flowers. The second one is much more um, all-encompassing. What do you want it to feel like? And that's when you talk to brides about what is the atmosphere you want? How do you want your guests to feel? And trying to get them to give you some adjectives is it about elegance? Is it over the top? There are a lot of different expressions that they may use to describe what they want them, their guests and themselves to feel. 
Um, because a lot of times this is the first um, expression of themselves as a couple. Um, you know, it's very interesting. When I was talking to our friend Kate Edmonds, she said that it's the first time that a bride and groom are hosting their own party. Exactly. And, you know, one of the things I, I say or I believe is that the personality of the bride is really crystallized in that wedding. And um, so if they're a very detail-minded person, that wedding will be very detail-minded. If they're a broad-stroke person, they're going to be, okay, that lo- that looks nice. I'm happy with that. Yeah. They're very fluid about it. And so it's very important um, as their designer is to be able to size them up and understand how how much information they want and how much they want you to sort of take it by the reins right. and move it forward and then they just react to what your you know what your suggestions are right do they one of the things that surprised me is that a lot of the party planners and you know we're talking about heavy duty party planners that they're talking about uh, pinterest boards yes yeah and uh it's very helpful. Uh, there, there are two two things that I find are very helpful in the initial meeting. Is before the meeting, is that someone, if they're able to, give me some visuals of what they want, and that should. Well, that's what they use the Pinterest boards for, right? Okay, right, and you know they don't have to do a huge amount, but um, it it does help me understand what they're what what style they like mm-hmm. what their color palette want what they'd like their color palette to be and also how much detail you know do they like candles lots of candles there are certain things that these pinterest boards will what will surface from the pinterest boards that will help me understand them better the second thing that's very important and is very difficult to do is for them to give me an understanding of the range of their budget. Right. Because the budget, it's important to have a range. And a lot of times when we meet initially with um, brides, they, if they know they don't really want to share it because they don't want to, they want to give you free reign, but at the same time, there's a big difference between what I would recommend for a moderate budget versus what I'd recommend for a more substantial budget. And there are certain things that kind of like are tells <laughs> because they'll, you know, if you have someone who says, and we don't need that and we want it to be very understated. There are certain buzzwords yeah. <laughs> and they will give me a sense and that's fine. Well, and that's, yeah. yeah. And it's important. And no one wants to say, I don't want to spend a lot of money. Or- yeah, but uh, true. Um, but, so, but they need to. And by the end of the meeting, I should, I do say a few things so that I can really kind of narrow in the range, right. you know, because I can give them numbers that'll scare them. Like I can say, oh, well, I could do it for 70000 or I could do it for fifteen, And then generally someone will say, I'm more like the fifteen, and that'll give me at least yeah. an idea of what they want to do. Um, it's funny when you said that my immediate reaction was like, 
well, I wouldn't want to be the 15. That sounds so, I'll get carnations. No, you won't. I mean, <laughs> it's about making choices, yeah. you know, and it's also about um, using certain components of the decor that are more affordable than other ones. Um, because there are certain areas that, um, you know, a lot of it can be creating a beautiful wedding by having great attention to detail. And sometimes those details aren't necessarily um, expensive. I mean, it's how you fold a napkin, how the place setting looks, right. um, how how the lights look on the table. Um, so we can focus more on that rather than the opulent component of flowers because in general, the more flowers you use, the more expensive it will become because they are perishable. So I'm never able to really reuse them. Right. You know, whereas candles can be reused, you know, numerous times. A flower really only has one uh, one shot. Well, once it's cut, right? Yeah, it's yeah. on its way to yeah, die. yeah. That's true. What always strikes me about flowers is um, monochromatic, like if it's all white. I don't know why that that has always just struck me as spectacular. I don't know why. Well, I would say, I mean, I can't give an actual percentage, but I would say a vast majority of my um, of the brides want white oh yeah you can, white really and funny. green yeah really absolutely i mean white they, and green well green because there's green in the oh, stems green, green. yeah like yeah, 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 yeah because they understand that there is going to be some green that's so funny i'm such a i'm so not a visual person when you say green i'm thinking like spray painted st patrick's day oh no <laughs> yeah. well, no no it's just Greens, as an accent course. as a background as a backdrop for the white flowers yeah i wanted to ask you about that too about greenery a fair amount of years ago i started doing arrangements that were all greenery different types of greenery greenery has gotten so much more interesting and the textural quality, the variations, the variegations of it. Mm. And we have done all green centerpieces that are all about um, creating this kind of tumble of texture and um, variation of greenery. And it's, I find it, really interesting and very novel. So I'm a big proponent of greenery. The greenery that you get at a flower shop that's surrounding Frisia Mm -hmm. is not what I'm talking about. No, I know. Yeah. 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 That's really, that's almost really throwaway stuff. But but even things like that are thought of to be super pedestrian, like baby's breath. Mm -hmm. I did um, for a, a, a fascinating um, bride who is a rockette, the whole wedding was baby's breath. And you walked into that room and wow. it felt like clouds of white everywhere. So you can take something that people think of as very ordinary yeah. and it's how you work with it that can make it extraordinary. And that's a wonderful thing about flowers is that it does allow the bride who wants to be collaborative to do something very creative 
And a lot of it has to do with the personality of the bride and sometimes the bride's mother, because sometimes the bride's mother can drive the decisions more than the bride. Um, And a lot of that has to do with, you know, the dynamic. Is it a couple coming in? Is it a bride by herself? Is it a bride and a mother? I've also had it where I've had five people in the initial meeting, which are both sides of the family all That's coming together. <laughs> it's complicated. It, it can be the worst. It, it can be. It can be very complicated. And it also depends on how vocal everybody is. Um, but you also have to be processing people's ideas and listening to them all and trying to make sure that you respect all of their ideas too, because they're at the meeting because they want to be or they need to be. Right. You know, so it it's important. And it's also important that at the end of the meeting, there is a really solid sense of the direction atmospherically that they want to go in and a sense of what the budget they have. Because after that initial meeting, I give them a proposal that has pictures, descriptions, and prices that are all, you know, put together in like a PowerPoint presentation that also includes the flowers that are available at their time of year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, season, because, I didn't think yeah, of that. Yeah, no, season is very important because you can have a bride come in and her knowledge of flowers might be very limited and she mm-hmm. says, I love peonies, and she's getting married in October. And peonies are not available What's in October. What's the season for peonies? Well, typically locally, the season is anywhere from the end of March to the end of June. Uh, but we can also get them now from other parts of the world, typically from the Southern Hemisphere in the fall. Um, not at the end of October, but that you can get them in September. They're more expensive. There isn't as big a variety, but they are available so that that person, like in September, they say, I love peonies. We can get them peonies at that time of year. But it's going to be you know, more pe- expensive because yeah, it you is. have to import them. Yeah. A lot of times people come and they love the look of blooming branches, and blooming branches in that really flush look really happens March to to June and early June because the flowering branch is pretty much done by the end of May. A lot depends on what the climate's been like during that time period. And so there are, you're sitting there trying to figure something out that will work for them. Um, and that that can be a struggle. So sometimes what they're what they want and their season don't always coalesce. That is so interesting. Something can be on for a week, um, and then the next week you can't even get it because <laughs> you know. And this happens a lot in the spring in the flower market. You're like, as as someone, I go to my suppliers in advance of needing, say, a large quantity of, for example, branches. And I'll say, I'll tell the um, bride that what's important is that you're going to get a blooming branch. 
don't fixate on what type of branch it is. Because that week, the branch that you might want, let's say it's crab apple, might be off. It might have, you know, completely bloomed out. But what looks amazing is mock orange. And so what I'll say is, let me take advantage of what looks the best in your week. So stay flexible. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's very important that, that they trust you. Yes. And that is what I do tell um, a lot of brides that the most important decision they make about their about their flowers and about their atmosphere is choosing someone as their florist who they enjoy being with mm-hmm. and who they trust because it's important that they allow that they release the florist to a great degree to make the decisions on their behalf. Because one of the things I have found is that a client who tries to micromanage me mm-hmm. is, is th- that's hard for me. But a client who says, I trust you, I will flow so much better for that person than someone saying, can we have a few more of this? Or, you know, t- tends to be very um, uh, nervous yeah. about the process. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's not healthy to be nervous when you've already committed yourself <laughs> to someone else's expertise. You need to let them flow if they're, you know, because you have to accept that they understand all the dynamic, which is constantly in motion and that they're going to do the best job for you because you've trusted them. It gives me great pleasure to introduce a new sponsor to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast, Manly Bands. The people at Manly Bands know how frustrating it can be for men to choose a wedding band that they can feel confident wearing. That's why they started Manly Bands, to help men find wedding bands that fit their personality and their budget. They offer some of the best prices in the business with each unique ring costing less than $200. Manly Bands can help men stand out from the crowd by being able to select a wedding band that matches their personality instead of going with a traditional, and let's face it, boring gold or silver ring. Each Manly Band is available in a wide range of sizes from 5 to 17, catering to both men and women of larger and smaller sizes, offering a great range of stylish choices in often hard-to-find ring size options. What's more, Manly Bands offers super-fast shipping, often less than three to four days, which is great for men who've already procrastinated in buying their wedding band, as well as amazing customer service, free U.S. exchanges, and a 30-day We Got Your Bro return policy if the customer doesn't love their Manly Band. In addition, every Manly Band includes a one-year, no-hassle warranty. So check out the website at manlybands.com. That's M-A-N-L-Y-B-A-N-D-S. Type in the promo code WEDDINGWISDOM and save 15% on all orders. Manly Bands, we get you because we were you. Do you find yourself talking mostly to the bride, the groom, or the parents? I think it's a bonding experience, or it can be a wonderful bonding experience between a bride and a mother. Because I remember something that a um, 
a mother of a bride said to me, and she had a wonderful dynamic with her daughter who was a bride. And she said, you know, people think, oh, you're doing all this and it's just one day, it's six hours. They don't understand that I've been able to spend all this time with my daughter, going to the meetings, collaborating on things. And that has been such a wonderful, magical experience for us. That is really sweet. And it was. And I have watched that happen when, when a... A good dynamic is already present that it just builds. And it's a wonderful experience to see the joy that gets released in the process. And then it's culminated in the wedding. If a bride and a groom come together, they're not equals the way a mother and a bride is. The groom tends to sort of have a couple of things he cares about. But on balance, he he will pretty much defer to the bride because they think of the flowers as her thing. You right. Know? He wants to think of the top shelf booze. And the band, actually. And the band. The, yes. band. Grooms, the grooms love every, to choose the bands. Every groom is a major expert on music. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, literally... I usually ask in the meeting if the if the groom isn't there. You know, I ask a couple of personal questions just to get a little bit of insight. I usually ask why they chose the place that they're having the wedding. And then I, I'll ask how they met. And I'll also ask what kind of level of involvement does the groom have in this? And oftentimes it's the band. They don't say the booze because that doesn't make him seem very charming. <laughs> <laughs> but but they will say the band. Oh, no, he had to see all the bands. That is so and, funny. That and, really is true. I, and I also say that great music, it's the, it is one of the things that I totally defer to yeah. is music because it if you have a rocking band that represents who you are and what you want your party to feel like, that's, you know, it's, I often hear, and we dance the whole time. Right. Everybody wants to, you know, if they are even remotely dancing people, they want to be known for having everyone on the dance floor. Right. And nine times out of 10, when people talk about it was a great wedding, it's because it was a packed dance floor. Yeah. Yeah, it's about energy. Yeah. I create atmosphere, and the atmosphere might be a bit different from the energy. It's not always the same thing. That's true. I mean, true. I can make something look like when people walk in, so much of what it is is the first impression because they're seeing it, you know, oftentimes with very few other guests in the room, you know, the first people who yeah, walk, in. walk in. Yeah, when you walk in. The bride and groom typically go into the room as a couple before anyone goes in so they can absorb the feeling of it. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, that's band very leader, important. Like while the band is doing a sound check, and so I always see yes. some of them bring in just yes. looking and so look I'm at the flowers, look at there. the tables, look at the linens. Look yes, at yes. They need to see it and have that moment where they go, wow, okay, this is what I worked for. This is everything. And I, you know, they, it's a wonderful moment for both the bride and the groom. 
And the mother usually comes in and the father and they all do it. But the bride and the groom sort of just absorb it, then go back and everybody flushes into the room. Because then it becomes real. Yeah. It's yeah. So, you know, it reminds me of like uh, like one of these house hunter kind of shows, you know, where they'll say, okay, we're going to put $100,000 worth of renovation into it. And you don't really... You, know, you don't get describe. to see it till the end. See it. And then yeah. at the very end, they have the reveal. Yeah. And they're just jaw drops. Yeah. You know. And that is something that I typically say, particularly to nervous mothers and maybe nervous brides, but they're generally getting in their hair and makeup done and with their girls. But the the mother of the bride can oftentimes, if they're getting ready in the area, mm-hmm. will be strolling through and I'll say, you know, it all comes together in the last hour and a half. So don't be walking through and watching it because it can make, it can <laughs> it freak can you out. Oh, yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. I mean, and it's important for me to bring a bit more than what we had discussed. And I always build that in um, just to make sure that if there needs to be certain adjustments and that'll happen. And it's very important that I'm nimble and able to give someone, oh, we, we forgot we needed two more boutonnieres. I mean, I've had to do another centerpiece because they forgot to tell me or there's a kid's table. or, And it's, it's yeah. important that we have enough and that we can be resourceful with what we do have. So on the truck, you'll literally... Not on to- the truck. Everything has to be at the site, inside. We don't keep anything on the trucks. But you'll literally bring surplus. Yeah, there's usually... Oh, yeah, yeah, enough y- to be able to make Yeah, yeah. Everybody should do that, yeah. unless it's a drop-off. But basically, you really need to have some things so that people feel... Also, sometimes it's just... You know, I'll stand there and I'll look at it and I'll go, wait a minute, we really, we need to change this to this because I'll be, I have a crew that works with me and I'm moving through the rooms constantly and I'm commenting on what's going on, like, you know, making. Oh, as as they're building it. Because I'm, I'm never building, I'm only designing and then I'm watching everyone do what I've told them in advance needs to be done. And they know the Gloria Mundi style because we work with a, 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 a collection of freelancers and they work for a variety of different um, companies. Mm-hmm. So I will be there and I will have given them the overview and they know they've worked. Most of my crew has worked with me for a long time and I will be standing there saying, okay, there's a hole here on the hoopah and we need more of this there. And maybe the fabric should be draped this way instead. And it's a process, you know, because we're not, the way I work is I don't replicate from one wedding to the other. Every wedding has a different, you know, it's a different components to it. So it's all being designed as we go to some degree. That is fascinating. And it's so heartening for me to hear because I feel the same way. I mean, like I've had people say, all right, what are the first 10 songs you're going to play? And I'll say, I have no idea. And I don't want to know. It it has to do with who comes in the room first, you know, how fast they come into the room. Mm. They come charging in. We can, you know, we can hit them with some dance music right away. 
if they come in in dribs and drabs, you know, maybe we start a lot mellower. Um, so I don't necessarily even want to think about yeah. it. it. It's interesting because it looks what we do shines the most when there are no guests yes. there. Yes. <laughs> you know? yes. It's like, you know, when all the candles are lit right before, and oh. that doesn't happen until right before um, guests go in to the uh, into the space. And I'm always there to, to um, you know, catch anything that they say. But at that point, the bride, the groom, the mother, they're in a different headspace. Oh, my God. I mean, they, I don't think I've ever had a situation where any of them have walked in and said something that they weren't happy about because at that point we've read each other really well. well that's a testament to you. Well, um, you know, you, you, it, it, it you've would, listened to them and they trust you and it's a, it's a mutually. Yeah. And then, you know, honestly, there's some things that can go wrong. And so long as the client doesn't know, I mean, there, there are things that can happen that you don't expect that you just have to make the correction. For example. Well, I did a huge wedding, um, which was done over a period of uh, seven days. It was in a palace in Saudi Arabia. No. Yeah. So the the story is that this was the most stressful I'd ever been. (laughs) And, we walk in the morning of the wedding and I look at these massive urns that had been um, supplied by the party planner. And I noticed a hairline crack and that (gasps) there was water dripping out of it. Oh my God. And I was like, I, I, I was speechless. And my crew, we all started noticing it. And there were several of them this was happening to because there was so much what we call oasis, which um, it, it, it basically holds water. And then all the flowers that were in it, the pressure was cracking. Oh, within the urn. Yes. Ah. So we had to, at the last minute, hydraulically remove all the water so that the urn would right itself and there would be no water dripping. How physically did you do that? Well, they the the production like, crew like had a hydraulic. A, yeah, well, you a know. A sinking boat or something? Yes, yeah, that's what we had to do. We had to find something and then on three Oh, of, so that would literally suck the water yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, who would have thought? That's what I was going to say. Who you know, and, and yeah, and a lot of it is being able to be, like I said, nimble, <laughs> you know, recognizing a, a potential problem and being able to address it. And then you have something like this that you wouldn't dream in a, a million years. It didn't come up. That on, an urn yeah. would be cracked and the water would be spilling out. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, things have fallen. I mean, things happen. Yeah. And it's just your ability to recover. So you always have that in the back of your mind. But, uh, you know, I had one incident where we were at the public library and we had these big, huge curtains. And 
because there's no air conditioning on the um, the main floor, they had opened all the doors because it was a summer wedding, and the wind was blowing the curtains onto the long table that was where all the guests were seated for dinner. And I took the um, curtain and tried to pin it down, which only created this sail effect, which then in <laughs> turn started to have, it started to back into a tall arrangement that one of the guests caught. And, and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. But, it, you know, again, it was a narrowly averted disaster. Yeah, there's, there's and those happen. And, yeah. you know, sometimes you can actually laugh about it. And I'm even telling the story after the fact. Right. But it, it but wasn't it was, funny at the time. No, no, it wasn't funny. I was, yeah, I was, it was freaky. Yeah. And the most interesting to me, again, the thing is that, you know, what's in, what's in bloom that week or even that day. Yes. Maybe yeah. not that day, but you know what I'm saying. Well, flowers tend to be um, uh, more predictable, but branches, local things, mm. in particularly in the spring and in the fall, that's where, you know, you need to make sure that everyone understands that you're there to take advantage of what looks really good that So week. See, that's when seasonal makes yeah. sense. yeah. Absolutely. And and also it's important for brides to know from their florists what is in season during the time period of their wedding. It makes all the sense in the world, but I never thought about that. Well, there are certain flowers that are essentially trans-seasonal. They're available all throughout the year. Like what? Well, roses, for okay. one. Calla lilies, which a lot of people like. Um, you know, carnations, which have a really bad reputation. Carnations do have a bad reputation. Terrible, terrible. But I've used them, and they have started to become um, a, a great flower because there's a huge, they've developed a huge variety in them, and it's also how you use them. And they're a nice foil for other flowers. Um, lilies are trans-seasonal. Um, Lysianthus, which is not as well known. Freesia mm -hmm. is transseasonal. So there are a lot of ones that are available at any time of year. And then there are ones that are amazing um, during certain weeks of the year. Literal weeks. Yeah. That's, that is, yeah, that's they're really on crop. Um, and, or, you know, uh, just there are certain flowers that week that I usually set aside a certain percentage of the budget that I don't pre-order. And I get up and I'm in the market like the Wednesday before the wedding very early. Oh, so you're literally in the flower market in, oh, yeah. in Manhattan. Where's oh, that? Yeah. Like on the west side? In 28th Street 18th, in oh, New York. 28th? Yeah. Okay. And so I will have a certain amount which is available in the budget to just be able to take advantage of something that I go, oh my God, look at that. And I just, you know, but you have to be very early in the market. So it's always good to ask your, um, your florist whether they personally go into the market or not, because if they do, they're going to be able to 
um, take advantage of some of the really spectacular flowers that come in and they get snapped up very early. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And do you have like relationships with certain vendors that they say, oh, I, I know Priscilla's coming in. Oh, I, not, yeah. They, they can't, I, right? No, they, no, you can you can say I'm looking for, and they'll set things aside, oh, or you can true. call in, and you know because everybody has iPhones, you can say, can you snap me what your, you know, tulips look like? Or oh your, my god! Yeah, that's and then great. and then you can say, okay, I really would like to get a bundle of this or that or whatever, or what do your ranunculus look like? Um, do you have the variegated type today? One of the things that ha you have to take into account when you're designing something is the the venue. Um, a lot of times people will get married in tents in June. Mm -hmm. And a tent, if it's a warm day, and it, that can happen in May all the way through till October, you have to be very conscious of what types of flowers you're putting in the tent and where you're putting them in. You don't want um, fragile flowers high in tents um, because, first of all, you have to install them early because you can't have ladders in tents on right. Saturday. Right. So you're installing that on Friday, and all the heat rises in a tent. So that oh my you God, so many things to think about. Yeah, I mean, but but all these things is built up knowledge. Yeah, I mean, one of, of the course. things that a bride should ask if you're doing a tent wedding is, uh, have you done a, a lot of tent weddings? You know, what are the particulars of tent weddings that you that we should be aware of? Um, because there are variables that if your florist doesn't understand them, it can be a problem. Yeah, I mean. It can be a beautiful design, but if it if it doesn't hold up through Saturday, that can be a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That is fascinating. So, so you really do have to be fluid. Yes. You know, yeah. it reminds me of when you said the the um, going to the flower market. It reminds me of like like a chef. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At a high-end restaurant, will literally go pick out their own. It's the exact same or thing. It's pick a, out their own meat. Yeah. I mean, it's. And they can tell by the gradation of the meat, you know, uh, and it sounds it sounds very similar. It, it's it's absolutely similar, and you know, I would I would check with your, you know, as a bride, I would check with the florist and ask them, do you get into the market? How frequently do you get in? Will you be? You know, because that that'll be a way of understanding where what you see. We are my company, Gloria Mundi. We really are about handcrafting everything. My love is for the flowers. I mean, I'm just like fascinated with how beautiful they are. So for me, a lot of it is craftsmanship and creativity. Now, in this day and age. We don't really carry business cards. No. What, what would you What would you call yourself uh, if someone asked me that question? You know, to say a band leader, it either sounds tacky or it sounds like Count Basie. Yeah, you that's it. Yeah. So, am I an orchestra leader? No, that's that's Leonard Bernstein. You know, you know, it's like, yeah. What, so, what, so, what do you call I, you? What do you call? I yourself? say I'm a, I'm a musician. I own a music company <laughs> that we provide music for for weddings that, and corporate that, parties. That's good. 
but so so do you consider yourself a designer or a, you're far more than a florist i'm an event designer you're because an event designer. Okay. what and people People oftentimes get confused. I say I'm an event designer, and they say, oh, so you're like a party planner. I say, no, no. I <laughs> just, I'm just in charge of what it looks like. I'm not in charge of the food or the music. Or now, the... Do, you get, do you get involved in the lighting? Yes. I will say, are you planning on um, pin spotting the tables? Are, do you have lighting? And they'll say, no, like they hadn't maybe thought of it. And my response is, you need to have the lighting because honestly, I candlelight will not illuminate the flowers. It's so much better if you can light things properly because that that adds an enormous amount to the atmosphere. So if you have the budget and you're considering do I need it or not, um, I would definitely always opt. And I'll say that in the meeting. Set aside some of your decor for lighting, <laughs> and I, well, how it usually works is—is is it expensive? Is lighting money is such a touchy? <laughs> it, it, it is, but I will say this: there, there, there's a whole range of lighting companies, and generally speaking, if you're talking about lighting the band, the dance floor, and the flowers on the table or the tables. And maybe something around the room, and maybe the hoopah. Um, that's a very straight up thing for a lighting company. So you don't need to go to the high end, multi tiered lighting company. You can get that done with a lighting designer and you know some of his crew. It's right. it's it's a very straight up thing, and you don't need to spend a lot of money. Um, by getting a prestigious lighting company to do it. Right. Okay, so I have a question for you. Yeah. At the end of a party, what is uh, the thought about bringing people bringing flowers home? Um, okay, so that's a tough one. I know. It because is. first of all, um, certain things for weddings are oftentimes in containers that can't be taken home. They might be on a candelabra. They might be on a big, you know, a big arrangement. But right. if they are, if they're portable, mm -hmm. then I tell the bride at the mock-up, because we always do a mock-up where we do a, a sample of the centerpiece for their... Um, oh, sort of like a tasting. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's it's a flower tasting <laughs> <laughs> or flower looking. But um, I'll say to them, listen, I encourage you to have your guests take these home because if they don't take them home, they do get thrown out. There is right. no... Yeah, so it's... It's very disturbing that 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 can happen. That they get thrown out. Yeah, I. I well, you don't like, like to think it. that they have a home. It's yeah, well, like, yeah, and that <laughs> they have a life, and they do yeah. have a life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they did all this work, you know, to make right. it beautiful. And then then they get thrown in the garbage. Yeah. So we try to, you know, when when able, we encourage people to take them home because they, you know, flowers should be appreciated. I think. The more people are exposed to flowers, the more they appreciate their natural beauty, you know, all the components of it. And it, 
at a wedding, you'll say, oh, this is beautiful, but you won't see the individual beauty necessarily of the, some of the flowers. But when if you get to take them home, you will. And, and so it's always great if people can do it. And also, if you had a great experience at a wedding, if you know it was a really great party, yeah, you want it to you want it to last a little bit longer. Yeah, there this is, way the yeah. wedding it does, it's not over at one o'clock in the morning on Saturday night. It's it's still going at Tuesday morning when you look at the flowers and you say, "Oh yeah. my God, that was a great party." Yeah, yeah, it is a bonus. It's a nice bonus. We can just edit this part out. No, we we can definitely wrap up too. Okay, hold on. Hi, Vonda. You know what? I'm here with Doug, who's doing the podcast, and I thought we'd be done. Can I call you back? Are you in the car for a while? Okay, great. Thanks. Bye. I love Vonda. You know, I've worked with Vonda for... Oh, my was God. One of the it's first. been driving me crazy. I know who you look like. Who? You smile. Who? <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. I know. I get told that. Really? I used to, when I was younger... I used to have people. Yeah, the think face is really I the same. But I know when it's you weird. smile, especially. yeah. I, I used to have people. I thought you were going to say Jamie Lee Curtis, but not a lot of people know who she is. I know anymore. it's a generation. But place. yeah, <laughs> so I used to have people trading places think I was Jamie Lee Curtis. Wow. Fish called Wanda when that came out. Yeah. I had people like point at me, whispering. It was weird because my hair. No, yeah, you I have the think, same. You have short I, hair. Yeah, I, and I haven't. I don't usually wear my hair this way, but um, yeah, it's weird. Yes, I've been told that, and I haven't been told that like in twenty years. Yeah, right. That was my purpose in in coming here. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, this has been lovely. This has been great. I mean, I feel like we could we could do this again and just like yeah, it's just fun. Get on, on, uh, you definitely other. enjoy doing this. You work mo- mostly just on the weekends. Do you do a lot during the week? We do a lot of corporate stuff oh, during yeah, the week, which, yeah. is, which is really fun. It's a, and it's a whole different thing. Yeah, I know. We don't do much corporate, but when well, we it do it, it to, can be very simple. Well, there's a lot less, fewer people to answer to, yeah. to. And they also just want to know that you're doing a great job. Yeah. Well, thank you so oh, much. Oh, thank you. That was job. really fun. That was fun. And oh. yes, send me the link because oh, I, will I will send. Um, it's always nice to send things out to brides after you've met them. You know, you get. Thanks again to Priscilla for her amazing insights into flowers and decor. And please follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. All um, at Glory Monday, G L O R I M U N D I, and you'll see lots of samples of her work. And as always, I'd like to thank my good friend John Adams for providing the music, and I will see you next time.